Spirit here. Amen. And Brother James is being baptized here in a little while. James Hilliard. Hallelujah. Let me say this before we get going. There is not a subject that is clearer in the Word of God than baptism. No subject is any, any more clear than God, amen, talking about baptism. And then his apostles, his disciples, they learned it obviously from him. It's part of the plan. And, and I, I, I'll just flip a little bit here. It, even in spite of that, Sister Carol, there's people who argue and tell you you don't really need, I'm, I'm still looking for the scripture that says, oh, by the way, but you really don't, they give all the scriptures on baptism. Jesus even said, he that believeth and is baptized. Every scholar that knows anything about the scripture, they know that that means, they know that means baptism in water. Amen. Amen. All the scriptures, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. Man with the keys to the kingdom, what do we do? Repent and be baptized, every one of you. Honest question, straightforward, honest answer. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. But I've heard people, preachers, quote those scriptures, read those scriptures, but then after, the, after getting done with them, they add their own in there. But you really, it's not necessary that you be baptized. Really, well, where's the scripture for that? Let me just save you a lot of trouble. There's no scriptures, zero for that. All right? So there's, it's just clear as a bell. Brother James, when you get in that water, you can just rest assured. You are doing the right thing because it's the biblical thing to do. <laughs> Hallelujah. Listen, I can preach all kind of things to you if it's backed up by the scripture. But men have no right, zero authority, to tell you that you don't have to be back. Listen, the enemy tells me what I don't have to do. I need a preacher. I need a man of God. I need a prophet to stand up and say, this is what you do. In fact, when the first Gentiles received the Holy Ghost, read about it in the book of Acts chapter two, the first ones that received the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you what the man with the keys to the kingdom said to him. You can't hardly get by with this nowadays. But Peter commanded them, commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Different from today, isn't it? Oh, by the way, it'd be nice if you got baptized. But you don't know, nobody said that in the Bible. They just gave you the answer, gave you the word. And that's what we're obeying, Brother James. We're gonna get you in the water. Amen. The water's just plain old water out of the well out here. Amen. But because of your submission, and obedience, not to me, not to this church. You don't have to be a member of this church, amen. But because of your obedience to the great word of the Lord, God, something spiritual, something supernatural will take place in your life and in your heart, amen. And some things will open up to you. I prophesied to him right here last week, amen, amen. To obey is better than sacrifice, Hallelujah. It's a little odd thought, little odd, little odd message I'm preaching today. Struggled with it. And when I begin to struggle with these things, Sister Gregory, I know that there's something up 
when I don't want to preach it, I want to preach something prettier or something nicer, something more eloquent. I want to, I want to, you know, to wow you. And so you can leave and say, wow, didn't the pastor preach today? I, I, I struggle with all this, but, but deep down in my spirit, I knew that God's going to be talking to somebody and dealing. He wants to say things that I wouldn't say and don't want to say. And so here we go. Everybody ready? Fasten your seatbelt. Amen. Second Timothy chapter four. Amen. A very familiar passage here. Most of us could quote it. Second Timothy chapter four. And I'm going to read verses one and two. This is Paul writing. He's about to be, have his head cut off. All right, he's in prison now, and that's what they did with people, amen, in his case here, amen. And so he's writing some powerful things here, and he's writing to Timothy. I charge thee, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word, is what I'm telling you. And this word didn't stop, amen, with Timothy, but it continues on. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Hallelujah. Watch this. Amen. Next scripture. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come. I'll just go ahead and read verse 3 too. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. One translation says they won't put up with it. How do they not do that? Amen. But after their own lust their own liking, amen. They shall heap to themselves or gather people around them, amen, to teach to them things that they want to hear and things that they that sounds good and, and sounds like what they want it to sound like. But be instant. I looked up that word and uh, I come up with another word. In fact, I looked in the, into the Amplified and it uses a different word here. Amen. And the word is simply urgent. I want to preach about it today just a little bit. The word urgent. Paul was writing to Timothy, instructing him to be instant in the things of God. Don't mess around with this. Don't wait on this. Don't put this off. Amen. Hallelujah. Look around and smile at somebody. Amen. Tell them how nice they look. Hallelujah. Tell them how shocked see them in the house of God. <laughs> Amen. You may be seated. Amen. Along with Chad and along with the rest of the church, the welcome. Amen. All of our guests, you are welcome here. Sometimes we don't act this bad. Sometimes we act worse. Amen. Never a dull moment here. If it's dull... We just throw something, kick something over, do something. We're not going to have normal, usual, amen. Now, what would be really, really abnormal and bad for us if we settled down and got real quiet? And somebody wants that around here, you're in the wrong room. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So these were instructions that Paul basically on his deathbed uh, writing to his son in the Lord, amen. And again, the Amplified says, preach the word, and watch how it says it. He said, keep your sense of urgency. Don't let this thing cool off. When you get stirred up because of the presence of the Lord moving in your life, don't let that be a passing thing. 
Don't let it just happen and then, oh yeah, I got real excited and I repented of my sins and I prayed through to the baptism of the Spirit and then we just said, no, 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 don't do that. This is the instruction that Paul was giving. And I looked up the little word urgent. It simply means pressing. It means immediate. That's what Paul was saying. Serious and grave. This thing shouldn't go away. Hallelujah. Urgent comes from the word urge, which, which means to press, to push. Now, nobody wants a preacher to do that, but that's what Paul gave instructions to the preachers to do and the folks who are witnessing. Don't let up. It means drive. It means even force. Just preach me a nice little message. Tell me how good I've been and how saved I am and how I don't have to worry about anything else. Well, I want you to be, you know, I'm like, I'm like Paul here. I want you to prosper. And I want you to be in, that's my desire. I want you to be in health. I want good things to happen in your life. I want your marriage to come together and you have a better marriage. If you're in trouble of some sort, I want you to get free of that and out of that. But this goes much deeper than that. That's all good and well. I want you to prosper. But it seems like Christianity is stuck on that. Amen. It's prosperity. It's health. It's peace. It's joy and all of that. I don't think Paul had much peace. Amen. One of our main apostles here that wrote three quarters of the, almost three quarters of the New Testament. Here he was, he was about to be destroyed here. In fact, he was. They chopped his head off for preaching the gospel. And here he is giving instructions, amen, to a preacher, a young man, and saying, listen, you be instant. You be urgent with this. You put pressure on. You fight the good fight of faith. You win souls to Jesus. Don't you let up with this thing, amen. And Brother James, when it comes to baptism, don't you let up and go shallow on this. And don't water it down and say, oh, by the way, it'd be nice if you, nobody said that in the Bible, amen. This is what he's talking about. Listen, we need, we need a strong message. Now, whether you attain that or not, I'll be the first one to tell you that I'm not a perfect man, never have been. If I said I was, then you'd have to pray for me about lying. Sometimes it gets tough, but we fall short. But let me tell you what it does. Amen. It keeps bringing you back to church because you need forgiveness and you need help and you need strength, amen, that comes from that relationship that Chad was preaching to us and talking to us about today, amen. Listen, I looked up Thursday night, amen, and I saw, I saw families coming in, Brother Thompson. Amen, I'm sitting over here, Brother Thompson was leading prayer. Lights were dim, folks were around, scattered around, praying, standing, kneeling, amen. What a beautiful presence of the Lord. Thursday night, prayer, that we will not give up, we will not stop, we will not quit, the doors are open on Thursday night, we're not stopping it, Jesus said my house shall be called the house of prayer, hallelujah, I'm sitting over here in my little spot and I've wallowed out over here. And I keep seeing the doors 
come open. I keep seeing the doors come open. I keep seeing the doors. People coming in, Sister Gregory. People coming in. Even if it's late, they still were making it. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus. I saw Katrina coming in with all the kids. I saw others with kids. Listen, listen, it would have been much easier to stay at home with all the kids. It would be, listen, listen, they, they won't calm down and they won't be still and they won't be quiet and they won't reverence like they're kids but little parents, young parents, they keep bringing them to the house of the Lord they come on Wednesday night, they come on Thursday night, they come to Sunday school early, amen they stay for worship and praise amen you talked about it this morning Amen. If you want to be a witness, you, you, you do some of this with your mouth. You talk about it. You preach about it. But the real witness, amen, is, uh, is the life you live. Amen. And I see this. I'm like, you know what? This is a hardship. This is a struggle. But let me tell you something. You get enough joy. You get enough of the power of God. You get a strong enough relationship with God Almighty. And then it's a joy. You do like David. I was glad when they said unto me, let's go into the house of the Lord. It's not a drudgery anymore. Amen. It's not a pressure. It's not a struggle. I can't wait to get to God's house. Amen. Let me, let me tell you. Let me just, just off of my notes here for a while. When I, was, when I was young and ignorant, more ignorant, I remember a party going on. Some of y'all remember. I'm just gonna touch on this because I wanna make a type here. I mean, I remember getting my, you know, coming out of the field and, and raised on the farm and, you know, and working farm work. And man, you couldn't wait to get all cleaned up and ready to go to the party. And I remember feeling giddy on the way. Some of y'all, I'll, I'll, I'll touch on a nerve right here. Just feeling giddy. Oh, I can't wait. I remember driving up to a place and they have a live band. I'm like, ooh. So y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all look at me like, what's it? No, no, you know what I'm talking about. Y'all know. You bunch of hypocrites. <laughs> and I, you know, I can't play music. I'm a self acclaimed slouchy musician amen I, but I lo- always love my family it's in my family and it's just something about it uh, you know you pull up in the drive whoa music and you feel that you feel that tingle amen in your body because you're so caught up and excited you know what I'm talking about too brother Thompson Jamaicans they know we went one time but man I mean driving down the road you know man I wanted man I started craving pina colada and all, all that music, man, I'm like, man, I'm getting into it. You know, man, these people know how to party, know how to get down. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Well, let me tell you something. You think God, who created all of this, set all of this in order, amen. And Brother Thompson set this earth upon some type of in, invisible axis. It turns upon that axis, amen, about 2,500 miles per hour because every day it makes that turn. Amen. And then it not only does that, but it revolves around the sun. It takes a year to get all of those millions of miles behind it. Amen. And he created all of that. Spoke a man into existence. Spoke all this. Breathed the breath of life. Amen. After creating the man. He did all of this and you think he's going to let the world 
or the devil or whoever it is have something that's, that causes us to be more you know, pleasurable and fun and put, no, 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 no. The same giddiness, that same tingle and that feeling, I feel it now on the way over to the house of God. It can be a Thursday night and I don't even get to preach, amen, and I can feel that feeling and so I quicken my step. I'm telling somebody who is dreading being a part of this church, well, I wanna be saved, I don't wanna be a part of all. Listen, let me tell you something. Paul said when he was saved, he said those something happened to me. He said those things I used to hate, now I love. Those things I used to love, that God can do an inside job on you. Amen. And those things that are not good for you. Hallelujah. I first got in the church and somebody was finding out all the do's and don'ts and the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. He said, I think everything that's good Everything is good. It's either illegal, immoral, or fattening. And that's the way it seems through a carnal human thinking. But you baptize your brain as well as your heart, amen, in the presence of God. When you get up, listen, let me tell you, anger can't be there anymore. Jealousy can't be there. Pre- listen, our prejudice world we're doing much better than what we used to, but it's still pockets of it here and there. All they need, they don't need new laws on the books. They don't need to be, listen, they need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. It'll make a new creature out of you. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. This is what we're talking about here. We're not talking about church membership. We're not talking about taking the right hand to fellowship. I'm talking about a baptism in the presence of Almighty God that created us. Put all this together, and not only did he put it all together, the Bible tells us he's holding all of it up, keeping it all going. Hallelujah. Amen. And Paul said, be urgent about this. Don't settle down. Don't level out. Don't just, oh, well, we took care of that. That's kind of how salvation is now. How about come? Well, you, you know, we used to talk about it. Sister Donna, we go on, on, on visitation, used to knock a lot of doors, pass out a lot of tracts. I'm not against Catholics. I'm not against Baptists, Methodists. I, that's not what our job is. We're here just to preach the truth. Jewish people, we love the Jewish people. Thank God, finally, amen. You know, the president, the new president said, you won't be able to see daylight between us and Israel. Thank God, because there's an old, old prophecy, old, old prophecy before any of us. And God said, I'm gonna bless those that bless you, Abraham, and I'm gonna curse those that curse you. So I'm a little selfish. I'm a little afraid of that. Amen. So I'm not against any of those folks. We used to knock on doors and somebody would somebody come to the door and say, we're from the Pentecostal church and we're out invited. I'm Jewish. Lots of people are like, oh, I'm, I'm Catholic. And it's like what that meant was all that's been taken care of. We did that years ago. We're to, listen, it ain't nobody taken care of. No, it's a day by day. It's a every day. That's why I can't miss the house of God. Now, I don't know about, I'm not gonna judge you. I'm not gonna do that, all right? But I'm gonna judge myself. If I miss the house of God and I wasn't sick, and didn't have a good reason, I wasn't in the hospital or something. Listen, if I missed the house of God, if God would come back, Sister Carol, I'd be lost. I wouldn't make the rapture. But somebody, somebody has sowed seeds. 
Somebody has planted things in our spirits and in our hearts and in our minds. We think we can do anything we want because we talked in tongues one time or we were baptized or we felt the presence of the Lord and we got our two or three goosebumps and, and now we just go on. And, no, 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 it's not all right. Amen. The writer said, give us this day our daily bread. Amen. And if you can't get to the house of God, then you pray at home and ask God to forgive you and worship God and talk to him and keep that relationship going. I'm skipping all over the place, but I'm helping somebody in the spirit. In the end time, when we face God, hallelujah, there's gonna be folks that's gonna go to the right and go to the left and God's gonna say, you know what? I I never knew you. You know what that word knew meant? That's a King James word. I never knew you. You depart from me, ye that work iniquity. I never knew. It knew means that he says we didn't have a relationship. So I'm wondering all of those people who just accept Christ as their personal savior and they keep that little card in their pocket. I wonder how their relationship is going. Because somebody's preached to him, you don't have to do anything else. All that's done. Let me just stand right here right now. This may face you in judgment. Amen, this preacher's telling you, amen, you need to wake up in the morning. Amen, just like it's Sunday. Hallelujah. You may be facing a horrible day, but you need to say, God, I need you to be with me today. Amen. I need you to walk with me. I need you to help me. I need you. I can't make it all by myself. We're living in an independent world here, amen, and you don't have to be around them very long and they'll tell you this, amen. But the Amplified says, preach the word and keep your sense of urgency. Verse three, I'm gonna go over that again. For the time will come, we're in that time that he's talking about, when they will not endure, they will not put up with sound doctrine. Doctrine simply means teaching. We're not putting up with that. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Jesus is coming back for his church. I'm just telling you that right now. His second coming, little, little for some of you studiers here, his second coming is mentioned eight times more than his first coming. Eight times more. The New Testament has 318 references to Jesus' second coming. You think he might be trying to get something across to us? Not just one time, not two or three, not a dozen, amen, but 318 times. Somebody asked a bunch of young Bible college students, an elder said, asked them, do you think God is coming back tonight? Well, I, you know, I, I, you know I, we don't know. We don't think he's, he's coming back tonight. What about tomorrow? No, we don't think he's coming back tomorrow. And the old professor quoted the scripture. In the hour that you think not, the son of man cometh. He also said he's coming back after those that are looking for his coming. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Urgency is called for in the message of the coming of the Lord. Amen. The thing I'm trying to get across to us is our soul is at stake here. Amen. The part of us, that part, the soul part of us, amen, that's the part that's gonna meet God one day. Amen. We've got a lot more at stake here than just what happens in this life. And I'm trying to help us with it, all right? Praise God. Amen. Praise God. 
Paul said, if in this life, and that's what most preaching's about nowadays, about your joy, your peace, your happiness, your well-being. And again, I've already said, I'm for that, all right? Hallelujah. But Paul said, if in this life we had hope only, we would be of all men most miserable. That's why people go to church, pay their tithes, and uh, there, lots of people are in the church. It's got all kinds of special programs and Starbucks in the foyer and everything. And they, they, they got, they're still not happy. And, they, and, and they're, they're still not, uh, they still don't have victory over so many things. But what you do after a while, you just justify that. You sing the old nobody's perfect song. You sing that till you wear it out. In fact, it's just the same old song. It's just verse number 1,000 now. You just figure out a way to just, well, you know. No, 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 no. God will give you victory. God will give you deliverance. He will help you, hallelujah, to get over some things. Don't just live with that, amen. But most Christians, let me just throw out a few things to let you know that this message can be very relevant to us. Most of Christianity has been redefined by those who reject the essential truth of the Bible. We already talked about it a little bit. Don't have to be baptized. Why? Where is that in the Bible? It's nowhere. All right? We have no right to, but that is what is being preached. So we've been redefined. All kinds of things are allowed now. All things are just, so many things are looked over and ignored. And, and you really think that, you know, that's a, that, well, it says it over and over in the scripture, okay? Bible-believing people are being openly Think about this a moment, amen. Openly mocked for their beliefs and their lifestyle. You know, this is really, really bugs me, amen. The, the rawest, the, I don't know if that's the proper way to say it, the rawest comedians make fun of Christians now and it's accepted. I mean, you know, I, I know that I'm older than most of you, but I remember when any kind of a preacher, any kind of a Christian was honored and blessed. Our little towns, the two little towns we lived between, you know, they found out your father or your dad was a preacher. You automatically got a discount at the clothing store and where you bought your shoes. And there was even a restaurant in Jonesville, a little town that was five or six miles from our house. And, and if you were a pastor, and, and we did pastor down there for a while in that area, and, and all your meals were free, just go in. You could go by yourself. You could bring your whole church. You could bring your youth group. But guess what? Everybody, but you got yours free. What were they doing? They were respecting and honoring a person who at least was trying to do something for the kingdom of God. And now you're mocked. And now you're watched because somebody feels like because somebody, some preacher messed up and stole some money or ran off with some woman or something. Nowadays, you don't know who he might have run off with. And, but all that's okay now, all right? And so now you watch him because there's a distrust now toward any kind of religion because there are people, uh, in fact, Bernie Sanders who ran for president, amen, he feels like the church is the problem even though if you would ask him straight out, I was reading up on it a little bit because I wanted to make sure, amen, but he feels like, amen, because we stand for some things, we stand for some things and it goes against what he believes in and what he feels like the world is going. So we're the problem. But he wanted to give away a lot of things and that sounded really good to a lot. Listen, I'll just pay. I'll just get an extra job. I'll just work harder and pay 
to keep from people coming down on my church and on my religion because that's the direction our world is headed in. Amen. But we've been redefined. Amen. We've been mocked and we've been ridiculed and all of that again. There's always been that because they mocked at you know, Noah building the ark. But now it's accepted. But there's astrology, there's witchcraft, there's false prophets. These are accepted as just an alternate path to God. And really, it really doesn't matter which God it is. It could just be anybody. You know, the last time I checked, that's called idolatry. Amen. You shall have, in fact, read on those 10 commandments over on the wall over there. I shall have no other gods before me. You know why? God said, I'm a jealous God. Yes. It's like marrying a wife. You know, I've been married, what, 40? I hate to even bring that subject up. Guys, guys, forget that. 40-something years. I, I'm not interested in having a part-time wife. I'm not interested in her just being my husband, but yet have another relationship. You know what? I'm true to you when I'm, no, no, Jesus is the same way. No, no, you're gonna be, and the church is a type of God's wife. He's coming back after his bride. And he don't, he's not coming back after a bride that's been messing around over here. And no, no, he's coming back after the true bride. He's, the, he's not only God, but he's the only God. Hallelujah. Praise God. God had some priests and prophets back in Ezekiel's day. Uh, that was a great help. Israel, you know, had backslidden and gone into captivity. And, and, uh, but, but they needed help. And Ezekiel 44 and 23, and here's what he did. God always did this to set things straight here. Amen. He said, and they shall teach my people the difference between the holy and the profane and cause them to discern between clean and the unclean. I, you know, I, again, I don't have my judgmental hat on and I'm not, I'm not up here judging anybody, but, but we need to figure out what's right and what's wrong. We need to find out what is good and what is a sin. Hallelujah. Sin can get in your life and it's like a plague. And not only is it just for you, you pass that on down to your kids according to the scripture. Amen. Israel and the Middle East. Uh, I don't know if you study any kind of prophecy. I'm not a prophecy preacher, but I do read it and I pick up on it. I know a lot, quite a bit that's there. The Middle East, Israel, it's a source of constant tension. You know, that we did, it didn't just start. Uh, but, but Israel is the, what I call the North Star uh, for the future world war. It's, it's, it, it's raging over there. And we're probably not going to be able to fix that according to the word of the Lord. Amen. That's where the great battle of Armageddon is going to take place, where blood is going to run horse bridle deep for all those miles and miles. And of course, we've you know, read that and heard it for years. Amen. But, but in the middle of all of that, people throughout the world, all over the world, yearn for a leader to bring peace. I remember, as long as I can remember, the first president I remember, I was just a kid, but it was Eisenhower was president. And all the way through, every president, it seems like their number one goal is world 
peace. We're going to help. We want to contribute. We want to try to bring about peace with this nation and, and this country and bring, bring them together. Amen. But, but the Lord said when they cry, peace and safety. Then comes sudden destruction. So the war is coming. The battle is coming. Amen. And so we watch that, that North Star. Amen. And people keep looking for that leader, that world leader. And he, and, and he will come on the scene. I don't know when, I'm not one that picks dates, but he will fulfill the Bible prophecy regarding what the Bible calls the Antichrist. Daniel 11 and 36, along with other scriptures, they bring out the fact that there will be a man, he'll be a political man, and people are just gonna think like, oh, what a wonderful person. He knows the right things to say, but he's gonna be against God. That's why they call him Antichrist, hallelujah. And so he will get this world all together and lead them down the wrong road amen but we need to make sure that we don't go after him there is a mark amen according to Revelation 13 amen that talks about people who follow him they will take that mark you can't buy nor sell pressure will be on amen hallelujah but let's just skip that a little bit all of these are just reminders amen that we need to be urgent about what we preach. It's just like, oh, well, we got plenty of time. It's okay. It doesn't matter what church you go to, just so you're sincere. It's just, it's just false doctrine, folks. None of that's in the scripture. Hallelujah. But self has become a defining trait in our world. I mean, what's in it for me? is the common. People just even go to church. They don't care what they preach, just so they got programs. Listen, I don't care what kind of programs they got or they don't have. I want them to preach the truth. I want them to have good worship. I want them to have prayer. When I get sick, I want somebody praying for me. A good program is not gonna help. Programs will produce what programs can do. Men who are intelligent and, and have the oratory ability, they, you know, they, they can do what men can do. Amen. But the Holy Ghost will do what God can do. That's what we need here, not against programs. But all these things are happening around us. I mean, every day, I mean, it's just a reminder that Jesus is coming. That's why it has to be urgent. And that's what Paul was preaching about. Amen. I, I remember though, I, I remember when second coming preaching, amen, was much more urgent. I mean, it filled altars. People who wanted to make sure everything was made right with God. Amen. We must, as a church and as people, we must keep our sense of urgency. We, I've got to get to the house of the Lord. I've got to make it to prayer. I've got to get there early today because I've had this bad week. I've had a rough week. I've got to get to church early where I can have time to meditate and pray. That's what we're talking about here. I've got a witness to my neighbor. What if God would come back and they would be lost? Urgent. Amen. Urgency. Amen. The Bible says today is the accepted time. I mean, this is the day of salvation. You, you can't put off till tomorrow. I don't know what you ought to do and need to do today. I mean, we're not promised tomorrow. Let, let's do this today. Amen. Yes. Let me get down to where the rubber meets the road right here. 
I've qualified this. Well, it was tons. I began to think about this a few days ago and started jotting down scriptures. And so we don't have enough time to go into all the scriptures that talks about us being urgent. Let's do this right now. Everything through the Old Testament battles, amen, right on into the New Testament. If you've not been born again, number one, repent. Amen. Jesus said, except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. That doesn't sound good to me. In other words, you don't have a you don't have a choice here. I know we're Americans and we like choice. I like to choose and no 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 no. You don't get a choice here. If you want to be saved, Jesus said you have to repent. And and by the way, the man with the keys to the kingdom, Amen. That Jesus said, whatever you loose, I'll loose. Whatever you. In other words, God said, I'm gonna I'm gonna back you up. When the the first thing he told them when they said, what must we do? Acts chapter two. First thing he said was repent. What was he doing? He was doing just what Jesus told him to do. He was using those keys. Repent simply means just in case, just in case. I know this may be shallow and elementary for some of you, but just in case you don't know what repent means. Repent simply means, God, I'm sorry for my, and we've all done this, so don't feel bad about it. I'm sorry, God, for all of my sins. I, I, and you gotta mean this sincerely. Here comes a runner. It's all right. It's okay, don't spank her. Promise me you won't spank her. She sees us, she sees us running, and so she just, I gotta do this, y'all. <laughs> hey, Kyla, run. Come to Papa. <laughs> all right. Grandkid, grandkid break. <laughs> Hallelujah. Break for the grandkids. Hallelujah. I was telling Melissa the other day, I said, one thing, don't ever spank your kid while you're angry. Don't do that, all right? Wait till you calm down and you'll figure out, you know what, wasn't that cute? (laughs) Wasn't so bad after all. Y'all get ready. I will be catching yours in a little while. Amen, amen. And some of you others, we're raising a church around here. We're teaching them how to pray, teaching them how to run the aisle. Yeah, don't spank them for running the aisle. (laughs) hallelujah got all kind of witnesses y'all just ask God if you're starting out level number one amen what do I do God I'm, I'm, I'm sorry for my sins and we've got a bunch of them see we hear one back here is talking in tongues now here <laughs> that's what he's doing <laughs> He can do whatever he wants and get by with it, y'all. I got still got witnesses. Hallelujah. That's what happens when you become a grandpa. <laughs> Hallelujah. Just ask God to forgive you. It goes against the human nature. I don't want to ask you. No, 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 no. That's what you got to do. What you don't want to do is what you got to do. God. Now, whether you're sincere about it, that's between you and God, but you have to be serious. Amen. You can't be like the person like, well, I told him I was sorry. How'd you do? I'm sorry. See, that ain't, no, no, no. That ain't the way you tell you. That's not the way you say I'm sorry. And you may have to say it more than once. Oh, God, I'm sorry. I'm a sinner. That's the first step. Amen. And the second step, it won't go away. Won't go away. Step number two is let us baptize you in water. It's a type of the grave that Jesus went into. It's symbolic. But guess what? He didn't stay in the grave. We don't leave you there either. It's a watery grave. We pull you back out of there. It's a type of the resurrection. 
I'm just telling you step by step. Number one, repent of your sins. Ask God to forgive you. Say, God, I'm sorry. Listen, I still apologize, amen, for being human. God, I'm so human. Please forgive me for my humanity. I'm so unlike you. This is flesh, but God is spirit. The Bible says a broken and a contrite spirit, he would in no wise turn. I don't go to God and say, I'm sorry, God, I plead, forgive me. No, no, I don't do that. I get a serious, and it doesn't take long, a serious moment. God, I just, you know, I'm just... My spirit's not right. My attitude is not right. Amen. I say things I shouldn't say. God, please forgive me. I'm representing you and the world is watching. And then let us, like I said, let us baptize you. Amen. Wash away those sins. Amen. And then when you do that, according to the scripture, you are promised. I didn't promise it. But the scripture promised you shall receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. You, I mean, you can't get more simple than that. And this is what we're preaching about, being urgent. Amen. Hallelujah. Acts 8 tells of Philip, getting back in the book of Acts, that's the actions of the apostles, meeting an Ethiopian in the desert. And as he preached Jesus, now, now the, the they didn't have a New Testament then, but it was in the making. All they had was the Old Testament. And when Philip joined himself, this, this was, a, this was a, a, you know, the treasure of a queen. And this guy, you know, he was a sharp guy and he had things going for him. He had his chariot. And Philip joined himself to that chariot, you know, running along beside him. And the guy was reading out of the book of Isaiah. Philip asked him, he said, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, how can I accept some man show me? And he invited Philip up into the chariot and guess where, what Philip preached to him. The Bible said in out of the book of Isaiah, G- Philip preached Jesus to him. And apparently when you start preaching about Jesus, then obviously you're gonna get to the baptism part because it didn't say it all together, but finally they came to a place where there was water And the Ethiopian said, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And the Bible tells, and and Philip told him, he said, hey, you just have to believe. And the guy said, I believe with all my heart. You gotta believe this thing. Amen. My mama used to say, if a person's not repented, don't have their heart right, you put them in the water, they'll just go down a dry center and come up a wet one. About it all amounts to. But when a person is sincere, when a person says, God, I believe in you and I am sorry for my sins. Now I'm in the water. Amen. Then it means something. Hallelujah. And the Bible said they both went down into the water and Philip baptized this man in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now it doesn't say that in the King James, but in the original, amen, they didn't go off track. We knew what it said before we ever read it. But it said he baptized him in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen, and I'm so glad for that name that is above every name. Amen. Here's another, here's another urgent message. In Luke 15, don't go there. Amen, amen. But the shepherd if you read about the shepherd, remember the one lost sheep? He left the 90 and 9 and went after that one lost sheep. The shepherd took urgent action on the behalf of one lost lamb. Somebody says, man, you got a whole country, you got a whole church. No, 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 no. Sir, this service is for you. 
Ma'am, this service is for you. If you've never repented, if you've never been baptized in water in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, amen, for the remission of those sins, amen. This is what Jesus was enacting and trying to preach to us right here, amen. He left the 99. It was so pressing. We don't talk about urgency. It was so pressing that the shepherd's search could not wait for morning. Wait till daylight. No, no, no. I'm leaving to why? Because this little lamb that's so unimportant to most people. No, this is what God is. Uh, this is where His focus is and His attention. Listen, when I was growing up in farm country as a boy, Amen. Harvest time, Amen, was a busy time, Amen. Harvest waits for no one, folks a person who put their money and their whole life and their labor and their sweat into that field all, and then the, and then the crop begins to come in, you can't wait around for that. Amen. Time cannot be wasted here. Amen. Amen. I remember seeing the combines in the middle of the night, the harvesters. You see the lights and the dust. In the middle of the night, they're working. Why? Because it's urgent that they get the harvest in. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. An emergency room has a different feel than a place where you leave somebody to die. I've, been, I've had the privilege or, or I've, I won't call it a privilege, but I've been in both settings, emergency rooms and places where they just, well, you know, nothing else we can do. And now we just kind of keep them quiet and keep the pain down and let them die. Different feeling in an emergency room. Emergency room has, they have action. Motion. Footsteps are quick. People are moved. It's kind of like our worship service. You think I'm going to just sit still? I mean, there was a guy here one time. I understand when people don't know. In fact, I check with people. Hey, you all right? (laughs) People think we're about to offer them up or something. No, it's okay. It's all right. I remember a guy. It's just strange. How people can, am I going too long? I'm, I'm, close to, I'm close to ending, all right. Some people just get it. Some people are like, this is what I've been looking for. You know, who wants to hear a dry, dead, twice dead, plucked up by the root sermon? A whining, monotone icicle that stays in the pulpit says nothing that really relates to my situation and how I'm living and what I need. Who needs that? Some people seem to want that. Like, oh, just leave me alone. Let me pay my dues. Let me get out of here as quick as I can. No, we're talking about something. This this thing urgently that we're trying to preach and try. This thing will change your life. When you walk out of the church, you'll take it with you. Amen. There'll be something with you in your house. Hallelujah. This is what we're talking about. I'm not interested in some tradition. Hallelujah. There's a guy came here. We had people praying through. We was baptizing folks. It was people shouting. And this guy supposedly was a Bible scholar. And he wanted to know where there was a church that had the old-timey songbooks where he could open up the songbook. I'm like, I'm not even answering that. 
you against us? No, we bought some. My wife and I, we bought some at General Conference. These beautiful old songs, old hymns, and we probably need to sing some of those, Brother Brian. Have to learn them. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that at all. But you can't stop and live back in the 40s. I, listen, the message is still the same, but methods change along the way. Amen. I didn't, of course, obviously the guy's not here, but, but the fact, he, you know, he majored on minors. Amen. I like the old songs too, but we're baptizing people. We're praying people through to the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They're talking in languages that they never learned before. The power of it, but none of that fazed him. He wanted an old song. We'll get around to that, but let's pray for these people first. Isn't it amazing how we can major on something? He was, he was probably taken back to childhood. I remember that too. I preached in some churches, my wife's old home church. I preached and listened to them saying, Brother J.D., I said, I cry. Nothing wrong with that, but guess what? I can listen to an old country song and cry too sometimes. Songs and music, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. They'll get, I'm not about crying. I do that, amen. I'm about, I'm about this urgent business of preaching the gospel in a time when people heap to them, they're heaping to themselves preachers, <clears throat> a higher preachers, and if you don't preach what I like and what we want, this is, this, this is why, listen, we're part of an organization here, folks, and I love our organization, part of that. But listen, this is more than an organization because in an organization, you have to stay right in and some of that's good. You gotta stay in the parameters of that because you go outside of that and you're, no, 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 but, but, you know, when you get caught up in the spirit of the Lord and you get the power of God in your life, you may cross some boundaries and some borders every once in a while. But some places, they got it so strict and you know you can't move hardly. In fact, I've been places I couldn't hardly breathe. I'm wondering, I can't take a deep breath. It might make too much noise. I got Everything's got to be in order. Let me tell you what's in order. Somebody looks at one of us and says, the Bible said let everything be done decently. Listen, listen, all of this is in order. Shout with the voice. That's in order. It's, it's biblical. Amen. Amen. Speak in a language. That, yeah, that's order. It's not our order, but it's God's order. And guess what? It's decent. Isn't it amazing how we twist things around and turn things around? Amen. Let me finish here. I got I to I deliver this right here. Amen. Amen. Near the end of World War II, beautiful story that caught my attention here. World War II, General George Marshall told President Harry Truman, the patient is sinking while the doctors deliberate. President Truman empowered General Marshall to take action. Now, this is the simplicity of it is what grabs my attention here. Marshall assembled, true story, Marshall assembled a special staff that was to report without delay on what must be done to save Europe. Marshall had one instruction for the staff. One instruction, very simple. He said, avoid trivia. I mean, that's how wars are won. Somebody has to be in the room that has the authority and power to make decisions. Listen, I know that in the multitude of counsel, there's wisdom. I'm not taking anything away from that. I do believe in that. But there are situations when people are dying. There are situations that's urgent that we don't have time to have a board meeting. We need to take action, amen. We can't afford to major on minors, amen. We have to get the job done. Tommy Cotton, 
a cousin of mine who was really struggled trying to live for God for many years, preached, had a, had a call of God on his life. Amen. Tommy was on his deathbed with cancer. I can't, I can't forget Sister Carol, those calls and, and, and his wife, he was back home now. They sent him home to die and, uh, cancer throughout his body. And I, uh, I remember him, uh, you know, I could hear him. His wife would say, well, well, Charlie, he's, He's, uh, you know, he's not taking any calls. I can hear him say, who is that? And she said, it's Charlie Curry. Give me that phone. Oh, I just, I wept. With a man that, that we, we just really cared about a lot, even though we, we saw his struggles and trying to live right in and a backslide. But he had a gift from God. Amen. But I remember someone asked Tommy, he just, just didn't have much strength, on his deathbed. Now, he was on up in age. I'm not sure, 70s, on up in his 70s, maybe 80. I can't remember. He was getting on up there, 70s, I think. Amen. But someone asked Tommy, they said, if you had the opportunity, we're talking about, we're, we're talking about something urgent here. Tommy, if you had the opportunity to preach today, what would you preach about? Without hesitation, he said, the value of time. You don't know this if you're young. You don't realize it that much. The value of time just slips on by. Hallelujah. It's urgent. Doctors claim that when a person dies, the brain stays active. Now, this is scary to me. I don't know how deep you want to go and how the brain stays active for up to 10 minutes. Think about it with me for a minute. When you draw your last breath, your heart beats for its last time. Your mind just keeps right on working for several minutes. Like, oh, can't move, can't blink your eyes, can't breathe. But you know everything. You can still hear. And some say you can still see. Can't close your eyes, but you can still see. I, I had read this many years ago. In fact, Morel Cornwell preached a message on it, stirred us all up. Saw it again in the, popped up on my my iPad in the news section, and it brought me back to this. I remember, I remember driving down, and it happened, Brother Green. It happened probably two or three times uh, down in in our part of the country, down in the south. But the roads in the uh, they're built up on levees because the water comes up, and so the levees are high. I remember coming up on wrecks, just being like the first one there fog one night and I thought of that I, I, I was the first one to get the police were coming I could hear the sirens coming I remember one, one guy two guys in a car they hit an embankment they came down that levee hit an embankment down off that big ditch and I ran down to see if anybody they were gone but the guy was sitting up in the car the door was open glasses all busted out the guy was sitting up in the car eyes still open looking straight ahead. It only happened just a minute or two. 
by the time I got there, it popped in my mind. He knows what's going on. He hears the same siren that I hear. He sees me. He knows that I'm here. He heard me come down the hill and yelling, is anybody anybody alive? Is anybody okay? And he was looking straight ahead, I thought. His brain is still working. I wondered if he had any hate in his life. I wonder if he had any unrepented jealousy in his life. I wonder if he was angry. I wonder if he was prejudiced against anybody or anything. It's too late now, but his mind is going on, still working, and I'm wanting to help. I'm wanting, and I prayed, oh God, help these folks. Amen. You're a miracle worker, Lord. Amen. But there he sat straight ahead, could not move. His heart had stopped. Breathing had stopped. My thought is just this. That could be hell right there. I should have prayed. They gave me an opportunity to pray. I didn't move for whatever reason. I didn't move. I should have, but it's too late now. I can't move now. I don't know what you'll do with that. Amen. There's so many directions we could go and talk about this. Amen. Would that be horrible? Deathbed. You're died. You're dead. They're covering you. Don't cover me up yet, but you can't say it. Get me out of here. Do something. Too late. Up to 10 minutes. Up to 10 minutes. I want it to be right. Amen. I don't want to put off, amen, what I could till tomorrow, what I can do today. Tomorrow never gets here. Never gets here. The enemy's going to see to that. But right now is the opportunity. If if you've not repented, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead. Hey, listen, we if y'all want to go ahead and get ready to be baptized, we're gonna go ahead and give an altar call here right now. Amen. If anybody would like to come, if you've never repented, I'll help you. In fact, I'll just I'll just say the words and you can repeat them after me. God forgive me. I want everything to be right. I'm gonna meet you one day. I'm gonna face to face. So I want your spirit to come in me. So to do that, first I have to repent in the name of Jesus. Take somebody by the hand. Invite a friend. Let's all come. Amen. We're going to join together. Amen. We'll pray with you. We'll spend time with you. We'll lead you step by step. It's urgent. We don't need to wait around. I feel like this is an emergency room right now. Hallelujah. Just leave it all behind. I don't know if I can live for God. Well, you may not, but let's give it a try. We'll help you with that. That's right. Families come. Bring your kids. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Holding nothing. Holding nothing. Hallelujah. That's it. That's it. That's it. Just come with faith. Come believing. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. To you, everything I to you. Hallelujah. That's it. 
Come on, let's repent together right now, just in case. Let's repent as they sing. Let's repent. God, forgive me. I need you today, Lord. I repent before you. Forgive me of my sins. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's get this baptism. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Brother James Hilliard, it's just an honor, amen, to speak these words over you. Amen. James came to me last week and said he needed to be baptized, never been baptized in water. It's important, it's very important that the proper word be spoken over you, and the word is Jesus. Amen. There's no God other than Jesus. Hallelujah. Only saving name is the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's the name I'm going to call over you as Brother Thompson puts you under that watery grave, James. Amen. You may have received the Holy Spirit before and you may not, but this is a great time when you go in there and you leave all those sins, amen, under that water. When you come out, we're going to lift our hands to the Lord. Amen. If you hear a language, amen, amen. The prophet said, for the stammering lips and another tongue will I speak to this people. And he said, this is the rest. In other words, one word for that is this is the Sabbath. This is the rest wherein you may cause the weary. And this is the refreshing. And so let's receive this that God has for you. Loose that tongue and speak it out. Amen. In Jesus' name. If you're ready, go ahead and hold your nose right now. Amen. Amen. Brother James Hilliard, upon the profession of your faith and in obedience to the great holy word of the Lord, we now baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of all of your sins. Let's give him praise right now. Let's give him praise. I release the Holy Ghost. I release the Holy Ghost right now. That's the Holy Ghost. I release it. I release it.
Oh, what a beautiful presence, what a beautiful spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Got one more to be baptized. Amen. Two, receive the Holy Ghost. James received it. Jeff received the Holy Ghost. Yep, right here. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Glory Jesus, glory Jesus, glory Jesus, glory Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah. While we're waiting, while we're waiting, let me tell you another little story. 
I have a sister that's 11 years older than I am. When I was starting to school in the first grade, and I know y'all like to think about that. I, you know, I really was just like really sharp guy when I was, I knew a lot. <laughs> first grade, I was starting the first grade. My, my sister was starting the 11th grade. And I, uh, I, I was thinking about this because we have to teach people how to do things. Teach people how to be baptized. Teach people how to not, you know, just sit in a service, but teach them how to worship. Teach them how to repent. Teach them how to pray. That's what you do. And you do that. It more, more comes, it mostly comes from you. But I remember, <laughs> now some of you are going to laugh about this, but I remember her teaching me how to do the two-step. But again, you know, my family was music, you know, doing all this kind of stuff. Y'all remember that? I'm like, she's this, she's this tall and I'm this tall. And she's like, do the two-step. One, two. And then you go back one. One, two. Then you got to get a little swing to it. One, two. You know. And then you can turn. One, two. <laughs> I never forgot how to do the two-step. I don't do it. But I never forgot how to do that, Brother Ruck. You teach somebody how to worship. Teach somebody how to get a hand up. How to repent. They never forget it. Never forget it. Let's teach. Let's teach them with our praise. Let's teach them with our clapping of our hands. Let's teach them how church ought to be. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. The whole world ought to see this. Can you imagine, can you believe this, that there's people who are getting a revelation, getting it from somewhere, I don't know where it's coming from, not coming out of the Bible, not coming from God, but you can't get too carried away with this because it might frighten people. Hey, listen, somebody needs the devil scared out of them. A lot of people do. But isn't it a trick of the enemy? Oh, let's don't speak in tongues. That might just upset them. Yeah, right. Upset them? Amen. Maria was over here and I kind of gave her a high five and I said, the whole world should see this. But there are people who are pushing this back. Don't. Or crusades, we'll take you into this back room. No, let's just do it right here. Turn the cameras on. Let everybody see what is happening here. People talking in tongues, receiving this wonderful, glorious gift of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Y'all ready over there? Amen. Brother Jeff, what a privilege, what an honor. Amen. To have you in church with us today. Amen. And you are in the right spot at the right time. This is so biblical. I mean, there's just no other name given under heaven. Amen. No other way was baptized. Listen, there's there's other ways that were introduced later on, but we want to go back to the very beginning. Amen. When the church was established, when the church was born. Amen. So it's no need to change any of that. But this is where the power is. This is where the authority is. Amen. And so something's going to transpire inside. We don't think this, we don't have a corner on this. People get the Holy Ghost to other places. But, but we're going to emphasize something very, 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 very strong. The name that we're going to call over you is above every name. 
no other name, all right? And so I'm going to speak the name of the Lord Jesus Christ over you, and it's going to make a difference, and something is going to happen. Hallelujah. And your sins are going to be washed away. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, Jesus. Glory, Jesus. Hallelujah. I love that, that, I love that tenderness. He spoke in tongues already over here. Very, very, very forceful here. Amen. So we're going to put you down and get you back up, Jeff, in the name of the Lord. Brother Jeff, upon the profession of your faith and in obedience to the great word of the Lord, we now baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of all of your sins. Hallelujah. Come on, let's praise. Come on, let's praise him. Yeah, that's it. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, that's a Holy Ghost.
Oh, yeah, before y'all get out of here, we forgot to announce there's a fundraiser dinner back in the back. It's five bucks a person. If you're a first-time visitor, you get to eat free. And it is, whatever it is, it'll be good. I forget what it is. So going back, we'll, uh, you know what, we'll just pray for it now if nobody's paying attention. Lord, bless this food and bless it. Use it to nourish and guide in our bodies. In Jesus' name, amen.